Hey, good morning. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for leading us in worship this morning. Um, it is so good to be here with you this morning. Football season is back. Can I get an amen? I know some of you are doing that little eye roll thing, like, okay, we've got to watch college football on Saturday. We've got Monday, Sunday night football, the Monday night football, your know, Thursday night. <clears throat> and I'm here to say that is not enough. Um, so we had an interesting uh, launch of the football season. Minnesota lost. Okay, so how many Minnesota? I know. Okay, so here's, I realize, I know this is a split crowd, so we've got some Packers fans here. Packers fans. The, look, the only, the only thing that matters is the Broncos in this world. And, and they, thank you. And they lost again. So my man, Russell Wilson, I, mean, I don't know what's going to happen with the Broncos, but pray for them. Um, there's only one other team in all of football that matters, and that's the University of Michigan football team. So can I get an amen for the University of Michigan football team? <clears throat> the other U of M on the other side of the lake. So... Um, my wife and I graduated from University of Michigan, and we had, uh, we had an opportunity. It, isn't she just gorgeous or what? <clears throat> so uh, we went back to U of M uh, for the home opener a couple weekends ago. We met up with some great uh, college friends, some of our best college friends. We were in their wedding. They were in our wedding. And uh, we, this is the first time that we have been back in the big house. Has anybody here been in the U of M, Michigan, University of Michigan, big house? Okay, 120,000 people. It is an incredible experience. And we had an opportunity to go back and uh, be back in Ann Arbor uh, for that weekend. It was a great day in the stadium, but it was, um, it, here's why it's important. It, it took me back to the start of my spiritual journey. Um, you see, when I was a freshman uh, at Michigan, some of you know this story, um, I was far, far, far from Jesus. Um, my freshman year, I had no interest in Jesus. Um, if somebody had said, do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? I would have said, maybe, but who cares? That was my attitude until uh, someone on my dorm, uh, someone in my hall, knocked on my dorm room door one afternoon and said, could I ask you some questions? Would you be open to ask, answering some questions about <clears throat> what you think about God? And I said, sure. And in my mind, I probably thought I'll give him a few right answers and he'll leave. And I remember him saying something in the course of that conversation. He, said, uh, God loves you and offers you a wonderful plan for your life. And I said, um, well, first of all, you have to convince me that there is a God. Second of all, you're gonna have to convince me that he loves me. And third of all, how would I possibly know what his plan for my life is? Well, that began a long journey for me of discovery. Um, up to that point in my life, I don't think that I ever thought that my life amounted to more than my personal aims and ambitious, and I was a pretty ambitious uh, young guy at that time. So Heather and I, my wife Heather and I are back in this stadium. So let me just say this, I, I came to faith my freshman year, somewhere around, right around Christmas in my freshman year, um, I came to faith. And so Heather and I 
were back on campus. And it was a, it really did bring me back to that moment, that beginning of my spiritual journey. And we're sitting in the stadium packed out uh, with, you know, 110 or 115,000 people. And I'm looking across this stadium and I see a sea of faces of students uh, lost, just like me. Um, we were sitting right by the, uh, the student section there and my eyes just glanced around the stadium thinking about all these students, so many of them who don't know Jesus, most of them who are just like me, uh, some who might know something about Jesus and many of them who probably don't care. And I remember at that moment when I came to faith as a freshman in college, uh, realizing that my life for the first time, for the first time in 18 years, my life suddenly had purpose. And I thought about in that moment, what would it be like to live a life of purpose? What would it be like to live life on purpose with that sense of purpose? So for all of us today, I want us to talk about three questions uh, that I know are so important to you. And the first question is, what is my purpose in life? The second of all, how do I find it? How do I discover my purpose? And third of all, what difference does it make? Now you've been wondering what I'm gonna do with these things here. I know what you know, I'll know what this is. It's an hourglass. <clears throat> an hourglass represents a certain amount of time. It's a fixed amount of time. When we think about time, when I think about time, uh, we typically think about how you're gonna spend time. We think of time as something that is, uh, you're given a certain amount of it, and then it slowly drains away. When we think about how we're gonna spend our time, <clears throat> we oftentimes think about, you know, what do I wanna do with my time? What are my personal ambitions? What are my personal aims? What are the things that I wanna do to accomplish in life? Well, the problem with all of our hourglasses is that none of us know exactly how much time we have. None of us, some of us have more, some of us had less. I had a uh, massive heart attack at 37 years old. And I was a long distance runner. I was a competitive runner. Uh, I was in the best shape of my life, um, running marathons, doing things like that. And at 37, my heart stopped. See, I thought I had 85 years of sand in the hourglass. And my wife thought I had more than 37, for sure. There were times where she probably would have liked to cut it shorter than that. But, <laughs> but there, there was the assumption that there was a lot of time in there. And when I was um, in the hospital, my heart was stopped, and the doctor came out and told her, your husband's heart is stopped. We're trying to get it started again. And in that moment... That was her moment where she, at 35 years old with three young kids, was thinking about what might life look like? What's the purpose of my life if my husband passes away today? <clears throat> we usually think in terms of the time that we have, um, 
You guys know these phrases. What does YOLO stand for? You only live once. FOMO, fear of missing out. We are, we are driven by this idea that life is supposed to be this thing that we pack as much fun and as many experiences into, and if we don't, we are missing out. We've missed out if we don't have as much fun as we intended or planned to have. I think of uh, Solomon in the Bible. Um, I think of Solomon as the wisest fool in the Bible. See, God gave Solomon, you guys know this, Solomon prayed for wisdom. And God said, because you prayed for wisdom and you didn't pray for all these other things, riches and you know, all that, not only am I going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you all these things on top of it. And then Solomon goes and kind of runs his life into a ditch. And he writes the book of Proverbs and he writes the book of Ecclesiastes, sort of reflecting <clears throat> on a lot of the foolish things that he did. So let me read to you from the book of Ecclesiastes. Solomon writes this, I thought in my heart, come now, I will test you with pleasure and find out what is good. But that also proved to be meaningless. Laughter, I said, is foolish. And what does pleasure accomplish? I tried cheering myself with wine, embracing my folly, just a life of fun. My mind still guiding me with wisdom. I find that statement a little bit interesting. Um, but I wanted to see what was worthwhile for men to do under heaven during the few days of their life. So the hourglass, when you think of hourglass, you think of the, the time that is draining out of our life. I want us to think about time a little bit differently. I've got here a bowl of marbles. I'm going to think of every marble as a day of your life. So I turned 55 this summer, and the average life expectancy, you know, when you turn five, you start thinking about things like this. Like, you know, at 18, 19, 20, you don't really think about that too much, but you know, as you get older and older, you start thinking about the average life expectancy. And, and really what you're thinking is like, where am I on that bell curve? Where at 37, I was kind of on the, the front end of that. So the average life expectancy in the U.S. is somewhere around 76 years old. That does not make me feel too good because, <clears throat> see, at 55, that only gives me 21 years left. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling like time is running out. So I like this map here because um, we moved from California to Minnesota last year, and Minnesota gives me an extra four years of life. So thank you, Minnesota. <clears throat> I appreciate that. Now, my, my track record is not that great, so as long as I stay out of the heart attack realm, I'm good. <clears throat> but Minnesota says that I get to live to be 80. So I'm thankful for that. So let's think about this in terms of days. 80 years is 29,200 days. Think of every marble as a day in your life. 29,000 
200 days. So at 55, I have lived 20,075 days. According to this map, I've got 9,125 days left. Now I can think about it like this, or I can think about it differently. If I think about my life as my purpose, that changes everything for me. When I think about living life not as an hourglass that's is draining and time is just slipping away from me, but as a life to be filled and lived according to purpose, that changes everything for me, and I think it changes everything for you as well. The question is, is what is my purpose? Every single one of us in this room was made for purpose. And I know the time that we spend here at Northwestern is an incredible time of discovery, but you were made for purpose. You were designed and you were created in the image of the invisible God. We call that the Imago Dei. You've heard that phrase before. You need to think about that. I encourage you to think about that. Your purpose is part of God's imprint on your life. Your purpose is part of your fundamental design. It's not something that you just make up some afternoon. It's, it's the way that God has designed you. So three things. Your purpose is God-given. Secondly, your purpose is God-governed. And third of all, your purpose is God-glorifying. Everything you do in life. Uh, the Westminster Shorter Catechism <clears throat> asks the question this. What is the chief end of man? In other words, what's your purpose? What is the chief end of all of our reason for being here on earth? And the answer to that question is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Romans 11.36 says this, for from him and through him and to him, God, are all things. To him be glory forever. So our purpose is anchored in who we are in Christ, our God design. That is our, the source of our purpose. Well, let's get a little bit more practical. And I know you're all saying, so how do I, how do I discover it? We've got three kids and they're all in their 20s. Every single one of them is asking this question, how do I know my purpose? So if it's important to our three kids, I know it's important to every single one of you. And as your president, it's important to me that you graduate from here and step out into life with some clarity around purpose. So I want to give you a, a visual. Um, this is how I think of purpose. <clears throat> Where my design the way that God has designed me, where my design intersects with the great need of the world that I'm passionate about. What am I passionate about? And where do my needs, where do my designs, where do my designs intersect with that? That is my purpose. Now the reality is, our design is made up of a whole bunch of things. It's made up of our gifts and our abilities and our interests and our talents experiences, our family, our places of origin, 
our challenges that we've had in life, some of our hurts and pain, all of that goes into our design. And if you're like the average 20-year-old, 18-year-old, you're looking at this and you're saying, I don't see how all these things connect together. I don't see a straight line of my design. I don't see how my family of origin uh, fits in with some of the challenges that I've had in life or my degree program or some of my gifts and ability. I haven't been able to put all of that together. It takes time. Um, and I encourage you to, to step into, to lean into all of these things because they comprise who you are. Um, there are certain things that God has imprinted on your life, your gifts and your abilities and your talents. Those are God-given to you. There are other things that God allows into your life. Some of them are wonderful things. Some of them are challenging things. My dad was married and divorced four times. So how does that fit into my understanding of who I am and my sense of purpose and calling in this world? Does it matter? You bet it matters. Did it take me a long time to figure it out? Absolutely. But it factors into these things. Now, my wife and I are passionate about marriage and family, healthy marriages and family. Where did that come from? Came from both of us coming out of broken homes. You see how God begins to put all that together and create a sense of who I am and my experiences with my purpose and my calling in life. What looks like here, a place of confusion perhaps, over time grows into a place of convergence where there's greater clarity and the key is living in community with others. I don't think this, I don't know, in fact, I know that I could not have ever defined my sense of purpose if I was trying to do this on my own, trying to live life in a vacuum. Well, what difference does your purpose make? What difference does it make? Maybe there's some of you who are just saying, look, my goal in life is to graduate from college, get a good job, and have a family. Those are good things. But if you live life with a sense of purpose, it changes, it changes everything about your life. You think of every single day that you've been given. Because you don't know that you're not going to have a heart attack at 37 years old. You think about every marble, every day that you've been given as an opportunity to fill up your life. Every single day is a gift. So when you live your life with that sense of purpose, there is a drive. When you think of in the scriptures, when you know that 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 picture, that image of Jesus saying, "Well done." good and faithful servant. Uh, that, is a, that is the voice of God that each one of us wants to hear. And we hear that when we live our lives organized around a sense of purpose and calling. So what difference does it make? Um, <clears throat> about 15 years ago when I was 40, I spent um, several months <clears throat> with a close mentor a person uh, uh, who does some executive coaching and some life coaching. And I wanted to clarify some of these things. I felt like I had a lot figured out, but there were some big questions that I had at 40 years old. 
And I was thinking about my life differently. And especially after having had a heart attack at 37, one of the things that was really clear to me was, um, and I felt like God shared, said this to me. He said, I want you to think about co- the life of contribution, not your career. And I thought, hmm, I wonder what that means. But a, a career is I'm here and I want to get here. A life of contribution is I'm, if I live to be 80 years old and I'm looking back, what does well done, good and faithful servant look like? And so I spent several months with a, uh, with a mentor working through some of these things. And I define my life purpose down into one statement, and that is to multiply leaders for the kingdom of God. Well, that's pretty simple. Multiplying leaders for the kingdom of God. And I went on doing life pretty much as it was. About 10 years ago, um, one of my other mentors, a friend that I really, really respect and who has spoken into my life, um, he said... um, I want to ask you to pray about preparing to become a college president. And I said, not a chance. That doesn't interest me one bit. Why would anybody want a job like that? And it actually went on for a couple of years. And he kept pressing me. He said, no, I really believe that God um, may be preparing you uh, to be a college president somewhere in the Coalition of Christian Colleges and Universities. And I respected my friend Dave well enough to... Uh, to listen to him. And I said, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray about this. How does this fit within my purpose to prepare leaders for the kingdom of God? Well, the more I thought about it, the more I realized this is exactly what fits within that. Um, it never... Uh, I wasn't interested in it. If somebody had said... Uh, you know, there's a great job out there and, um, you know, you should, you should go after this, you know, college presidency kind of job. Um, that has no interest to me. But looking out across this room today, in each and every one of you is the next leader for the kingdom of God. Every single one of you is being prepared by God during your time here at Northwestern with all of the craziness that's going on in your life, all the things that looked like total confusion, the family stuff that you're wondering, how does this, how does this make a difference in my life? Where does this fit in my calling and purpose? All of that. Every single thing, one of my closest friends says, God doesn't waste a moment of pain in our life. And I absolutely believe that. Some of the hardest things that I've gone through, some of the hardest things that you may be going through right now, some of the hardest things that you may have grown up with, those things will, will begin. It's like you go to the, you know, the, uh, the, the eye doctor and they keep flipping the little, you know, the little glasses thing. Is it, is it clear or is it less clear? Over time, those things will become clearer and clearer and clearer how all of those things, every single one of those things, every single one of your life situations and circumstances, the wonderful stuff, the amazing families that you've come from, and the most difficult stuff, all of that will converge into this place of purpose into a place where you are able not just to think about how am I going to spend my time, but how am I going to invest every single day to invest. See, we spend time, but we invest purpose. 
And there is a biblical promise when we think about investing our lives. There's a biblical promise that there'll be a harvest and it'll be 30, 60, 90, 100 fold. You can do that. You can just spend your your time and I've done that. We've all done that. So I encourage each one of you to think about these questions. What is my purpose? Dig deeply into a discovery of how God has wired you, how God has designed you, what your purpose will be in this world and live out of that sense of opening your heart and your hands, your head, your mind to whatever it is that God has for you. It's not just about getting a degree. We want you to get that degree and you're gonna graduate and be incredibly, um, uh, you're gonna do great things in this world. But you can do all of that and miss out if it's not organized around a sense of purpose. So I wanna take just a minute and, uh, and just reflect. I'll take 30 seconds and we'll just have some quiet and think about uh, all of the things that are going on in your life, your life circumstances, your family of origin, your gifts and ability, and just begin to ask God, would you show me how all of that begins to come into a place of clarity? Let's take just a few minutes around that. Well, Father, give you thanks for each and every one of these students in this room. Father, you know each one by name. You know every hair on their head. You know everything that is going on in their lives. You know their hopes, their dreams, disappointments, challenges, and discouragements. You know, the joys, you know, everything that's going on in their family, Lord. So Father, I pray that you would step, (coughs) excuse me, pray that you would step into their lives through your Holy Spirit Set them, each one of them, on a path, Lord, to know you, to want to know you, to come to discover who they are in you. Shape and define and direct each life here according to your purpose. And we pray all this in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Have a great day.